the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees all things new. I'm Alpha Sanford, streaming live from Boston, Massachusetts. Good morning, good evening, mabuhai, good day to all of you. You are watching Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher, Season 1, Episode 13. Sanford again and uh, I'm here this morning because uh, again it's a once a teacher always a teacher right it's 10 30 in the morning here uh, in the United States this part of the United States and uh, to all of our viewers in the Philippines who are with us good evening um, if you're here please plug in your name and your location in the comment section because today this very moment, since this is the last episode for season one for once a teacher as a teacher, I'm going to be bringing in I what I believe or who I believe one of the most powerful uh, people that I know who's leading and helping schools. All right. But before I bring her in and before I read to you her bio, I want to first acknowledge uh, to all of our Asian friends and families who are celebrating the Lunar New Year. Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, for those who are um, 
not celebrating the Lunar New Year. This year is called the Water Tiger Year. And this year is supposed to be bringing a sense of courage, hope, and strength. And my wish to all of you, especially to all my Asian uh, friends and uh, families who are celebrating it, who are celebrating this uh, uh, event, I wish you all the blessings that 2022 is supposed to bring. So catch them all. All right. Okay. So let's get on to the introduction of our guests. All right. So our guest is the founder and the CEO of the Equity Process. Uh, she was born in Barbados. She immigrated with her family in the United States in 1980. She was raised in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Um, she attended Boston Public Schools, including one of its examination schools. She has over 20 years of school-based experiences within teaching and leadership, while leading 10 years of private consulting and strategic planning, social justice, and racial equity awareness as well. She is a CAST UDL trained trainer and PBIS coach certified. She's really powerful, right? She holds a Bachelor's of Art with a major in sociology and a minor in child psychology from the University of Massachusetts. She also holds a Master of Art in teaching from Simmons University, formerly known as Simmons College, class of 2006. In addition, in addition to that, she has attained a professional certification in urban leadership from Harvard University's National Institute for Urban School Leaders. So without further ado, I am going to be bringing to you who I believe one of the most powerful uh, people in the education field here in this part of the world. Come on in, Miss Cindy Weeks Bradley. <laughs> what an introduction, Alpha. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Cindy. That's you, though. That's you. And I know. And thank you. And thank you for being with us this morning. We thank appreciate you. For having you. Me. Okay, so uh, I, I would like to talk about your educational journey. Um, I know, you know, since you decided on your own terms to leave the school setting as a principal, you've gone through a lot of great journey and mm -hmm. We'd love to hear it from you. Walk us through your journey, Cindy. So you want me to start from leaving um, schoolwork, school-based work? Um, whichever you want. Okay. And we'd love to learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the quickest route, just to start from there. So yeah. I was uh, an assistant principal for a very long time. I actually loved, love, 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 love being an assistant principal. Um, Loved it so much that I was not interested in the role of a principal, though that was my dream for many years. So when the opportunity came, I was like, mm, no, I don't want to do it. Like I, I just enjoyed being able to impact on the level of an AP. Um, but I went ahead and I took this position um, a little reluctantly. Maybe my ego was involved. Mm -hmm. A lot of people telling me, you, you know how to do it, just do it. And I didn't listen to myself. So I, I took the position and I found myself far removed from what I enjoyed most, and that was the children, right? 
I was caught up in a lot of paperwork, uh, politics, uh, couldn't move from my heart, couldn't move from my soul. I was more of a soldier than a leader. And that made me very uncomfortable. Um, I was raised to be a leader. I was only child for over 16 years. And uh, my parents were really clear, you lead and you don't follow. So it was within me to lead. And I didn't find that to be my role. Uh, honestly, as a principal, I found myself being a um, someone that responded to a lot mm -hmm. and I didn't have the ability to be really as proactive as I normally would. So it was uh, a lot of discomfort for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I did that and then I decided, well, this isn't for me, but I'm not sure going back to a, And that's how it felt. It felt like going back to an AP position. I wasn't mm -hmm. sure at the time that was for me either. I just thought that there had to be more. Um, so I quit my principal job, did not have a job. <laughs> At all. <laughs> okay, because you followed your heart, followed right? Heart. I followed mm -hmm. my heart and I landed a position with the state uh, within three months. So that was a really cool position. Um, I was able to really spread my joy, my knowledge, my skills, my love, my compassion, my skills, uh, mm -hmm. very engaging. And the best part about that job is I worked with um, underperforming schools. And I've always mm -hmm. worked under, in an under, underperforming school. So I was right. able to support superintendents and uh, school leaders, assistant superintendents and principals through that position. But that wasn't very fulfilling either because I don't like meetings. <laughs> and, and at that job, mm -hmm. I had a ton of meetings and I felt like meetings kept me away from the work, right? Okay. So I I, uh, I needed to find a little more uh, during that time. There was a lot of politics going on in America. Um, mm -hmm. As a black woman, I felt very restrained. Uh, mm -hmm. I felt myself not giving myself as much compassion as I should. And mm -hmm. I wanted to change. So I said, I have to go back to school. And everyone mm -hmm. said, yeah, you got to go get the doctorate. I was like, yeah, no, 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 not yet. So I found a few unorthodox programs and uh, joined those two all at Ivy League schools and uh, ended up going to Brown University to become an international uh, coach, certified coach and leader. And I also joined Stanford University in another program called Applied Compassion to become a compassion ambassador. So um, that's where you see me today and the equity process I do equity audits. Um, I also do a lot of professional development grounded in humanity and uh, the skills that we need to run schools during the pandemic. Um, but I don't work as a full-time person at all. I work at my own pace. So uh, I'm loving it. My gosh, Cindy, um, just listening to you, I felt like if I dissect all of those information, I heard words such as authenticity, I heard words such as compassion. I heard words such as love and just following your heart. And from there, you're emanating lead leadership from a joyful perspective, yes. right? Yep. So I'm just curious. You mentioned about the doctorate degree piece. And I'm sure you get a lot of this, you know, this question from your folks. And when you are leading school, so why haven't you done your doctorate degree yet? I think that's the only thing that's missing right here, right? I think. Because um, I'm a little unorthodox, right? So okay. I go into school and uh, I tell you, I love school. School is great for me. 
Um, it served me well, but it's very challenging as well because you don't get to be yourself while you're in that seat. You have to be whoever the professor needs you to be in order to get an A. And to me, learning is not about an A. It's really about understanding, a deep understanding for the work that we're doing and how to apply what we're doing, not just the theory. And I haven't found a school besides the two programs that I'm in now that are pretty unorthodox since high school that really appreciate me for my learning style and what I need to grow and who I am as an individual. So until I find a doctoral program that will say, hey, Cindy, you know, we want you and we accept you as you are. You know, I will not be doing it. Um, I'm not interested in just having a DR in front of my name titles. Don't mean a lot to me. Uh, we're all humans and we come with a different skill set and we come with different joys and we need to accept, you know, people as they are. And a title is just a title. So my titles got me here. I needed them to get here. But internally, like, I don't I don't need them. They're not fulfilling. Uh, yeah, wonderful. One of the uh, authors and one of the uh, gurus that I actually follow is Robin Sharma. And in one of his uh, um, talks, and I think there's also a book, A Leader Without the Title, right? It's, it's very powerful. So what, what I also heard from what you had mentioned, Cindy, is that you kind of found uh, your calling through the Stanford University, and that's uh, the program that you're going through right now, right? So yeah. can you tell me more about it? I'm actually dying to hear this from you. So please uh, I'll tell, tell us you. about it. Yes. I think I actually found my calling when my dad passed away, right? Okay. So my dad had COVID back in 2020, and it was a really hard time for me because I was his healthcare proxy. And uh, taking care of a COVID patient in the beginning of a pandemic from your couch I don't know how many people had to do that, but it was insanity, right? So mm -hmm. how do you keep yourself about you while the world continues to swirl and not understand compassion? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I said, well, I have to, there was a lot going on. There was Rodney um, going on. There was my dad going on. There was, you know, just myself going on. I'm, I recently left my position. So I had to, you know, figure things out within a year. And I said, I needed to have compassion for myself through this process because it was a very mm. hurtful process, right? And unless you're going through it, you really don't understand it. So I don't even think my family fully understood the magnitude of what I was feeling. And um, I just needed more, you know, like uh, mm. I was moving on purpose at this point. Mm -hmm. I had accomplished everything I ever dreamed of accomplishing, um, hadn't begun to conceive the next steps. Mm -hmm. And I knew I'm moving on purpose and I need to be really true to me and compassionate. And I think that's what he left for me. Um, in doing so, I changed my lifestyle. I started, I got chickens and I started growing a garden. <laughs> um, my my food choices changed and um, just, just whole, the whole life changed. And I figured, I'm not sure how long I have on earth, but um, I'm living and life is for the living. No one that has died, has come back and tell me what, what death was like. Right. So I need to really live in a truly authentic way. And those that uh, love me will appreciate me more. And those that don't love me, well, they could kick rocks. It says more about them than it says about me. So I was no longer conforming after he passed. And that's how I found um, actually Stanford. 
speaking to a friend who was going through a mindfulness course and she shared it with me and I applied and my capstone is finding the bridge or bridging the gap. It's actually called bridging the gap between okay. racism and humanity. And I believe mm -hmm. it's a passion. So I wanted uh, a program that had some application, some action. I was, I had enough of the theory thing, you know, um, and it, it just fit, fit me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Cindy, uh, I wanted these two questions or so, just, you know, I, it was just beautiful with, with the way you said it, but I heard again, authenticity and compassion, but I want to break it down even more. So uh, I love that you all have chickens and that you started to uh, grow gardens. You know, I uh, I grew up in a farm. I'm familiar in terms of that lifestyle. I love just being in nature, right? Getting dirty with our hands and just one with nature. So what I'd like to ask in that aspect is uh, the authenticity piece. And then maybe later on, I'd love to dissect in terms of uh, uh, compassion, right? What is it all about? So let's talk about uh, authenticity because I always believe that you know, you've grown from uh, where you were, your journey to where you are right now because of being yourself. So my question is, how do you go about being yourself? And I also heard, let me let me also make this. I also heard that uh, you have chickens that lay blue eggs. Oh my gosh. And, and, and also you had a Christmas tree last uh, uh, December. Yeah. That was recently featured on the national TV network. So yeah. talk, about, <laughs> talk all about those things, how it led from this, you know, person who's like trying to find herself and then finally being authentic. And now, you know, you're, you're telling people or you're showing people leading with authenticity. So how do you go about being yourself? Let's just start with that. That is a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> get that a lot too. Honestly, I lead from what I call my head, heart, and soul and share it with the world, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty wise. Uh, I don't know, maybe most of that's like my dad and my grandmother and just life. So I learn lessons. I don't take failure as like this thing to look at as like, it's the worst thing in the world. You failed. No, no, no. I think failure is a gift. Like if you do it and you fail, you have another opportunity once again, as long as you're alive to do it again and again and again. I grew up like saying, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. So I'm always trying new things. Um, and I think I lead from, from a real place in my heart. And the heart is just the knowing without really having to think about it. Different than the brain where it's really cognizant and you have to like intellectualize and think about it, right? So some things you just know, you just know in your heart, you just know in your gut and I... Um, and if it makes sense in my mind, then I, you know, I act on it. Um, and uh, I'm just more comfortable being me. So if I decided that my mom is the one with the the the, um, the Christmas tree, by the way, she oh, was like, okay. oh, you should put your Christmas tree online and submit it and blah, blah, blah. And I think I sat on that for maybe like three days. Like, why am I okay. going to show the world my Christmas tree? Like, I did it for me. I didn't do it to show. She was like, but it's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then one morning I woke up and I said, 
you know what? I think it'll make her happy if I, I, uh, you know, and that's part of compassion, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not going to harm other people. It's mm-hmm. okay to do it. Even if you're like, mm, not right now. So I said, I think it'll make her happy if I do it. And um, I wasn't too, too uncomfortable. So I submitted it. And then the very next morning, I, my phone was just going off at like six o'clock in the morning. So many people were sending me like, oh, you're on the news, you're on news. So I couldn't believe that they uh, put my tree on the news. But what I loved about it most was I authentically, I'm black. I grew up with a lot of white Santa Clauses. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted a Santa Claus that represents me and my family. So my entire Christmas tree was about um, black little ornaments and mm-hmm. things like that. And some Mackenzie Child ribbon. Uh, I love Mackenzie Child. So some Mackenzie Child ribbon going through. And um, we keep our tree up all year long. It's, it's up right now. So I, I figured submit it. And then I aired and then I shared with those that I love as well. So that was the Christmas tree. Um, The chickens, I love animals. I have three dogs. I have two cats. I have a fish, Bartholomew. (laughs) I have have eight chickens. And um, first they were a gift. So I received three as a gift, right? A friend of mine, her husband, she has chickens and she knew I wanted some. And her husband said, you can't have any more chickens. So she went and bought six, gave me three and kept three. And then I fell in love with my chickens, my daughter and I. Then I got two more from a friend whose husband said she can't keep all of them. So I took two from her. And then the last three, my husband said, well, I don't know what to give you for Mother's Day. Uh, You have everything you need. I don't know what to give you. I said, you can give me some chickens. And uh, (laughs) we went and got chickens. But my flock is pretty diversified. So some lay white eggs, uh, pink eggs, uh, blue eggs, green eggs, and uh, chocolate brown eggs. So, and they're chickens from all over the world, not just domesticated chickens. They're heritage chickens. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, Cindy, I don't think I've ever seen a green egg like the real green egg. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that. You know, once your uh, chickens will lay green eggs, please send pictures when you, they lay green eggs. Yeah, I will. So, uh, if, if there is like. Uh, a lesson or advice in terms of uh, authenticity and people who are really trying to find themselves out there, right? Mm -hmm. Educators, leaders, how would you encourage people to be themselves? How? The question is how? I would say your heart doesn't lie, right? Your brain may tell your heart like, hey, stop. Like, no, you can't do this. There's an inner critic that sometimes comes up and tells us you can't do something, you can't accomplish it, you're no good, mm-hmm. um, you, you're you horrible at this, no one would love it. I'd say when you hear the inner critic, stop it. You know, just try to drown that noise with your inner guide. And mm-hmm. your inner guide says, you're great, you're wonderful, you've done this before, you've succeeded. Your inner critic comes out and, you know, you still do it and look what happened, things turn out well. So really follow your inner guide and make your inner guide stronger than your inner critic, right? Mm -hmm. And I think your inner guide lays right within your heart and your soul. So when the brain comes out and says, no, 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 shut shut it down. It's not as powerful, that noise, as you may think it is. You actually give it power. So you have the power to also shut it down and just follow your heart. If you fail, it's okay. There's supposed to be a lesson in that, right? If you Mm -hmm. fall, my mom has this saying, if you fall, you get up. 
If you have to walk, if you have to crawl, if you could run, whatever, just get up. So just get up and do the best that you can do until you can do better. Oh, I love it. So is that where being compassionate comes from? You know, once you had already found your true self and you're really leading working from a, a base of authenticity, is that where compassion comes from or... You know, tell us all about uh, being compassionate or a compassionate leader. I think compassion comes from just growing up in a family that's compassionate. You okay. know, like uh, a culture. I'm from Barbados. The culture is a very compassionate culture. It's a giving culture. It's a loving culture. It's a culture that embraces. Um, and it is also a culture that sets a lot of boundaries, right? So mm -hmm. you have this kindness within. You have this toughness within. And uh, coming to America, you never hear about the tough compassion, mm -hmm. uh, which is something mm -hmm. I learned at Stanford, that compassion is balanced, right? Okay. It's neither yeah. kind alone or tough alone. It's the balance. So I would say I do come from a pretty compassionate uh, country. My grandfather was a reverend, so he always taught uh, love. Um, my dad was a philosopher, so he always taught me to question and fall in love with nature. I think that's part of being compassionate. And my mother was always a guide, you know, wanting to do the right thing and have an integrity. So it's not something that's new. It's just something that I decided is extremely important to me. And there's nothing in the world more important than that, you know? So it's not new. It was always there. And that's the one thing that kept me in trouble as a school-based leader, being proactive, being engaged, being involved, you know? I tend to make others look bad because of mm -hmm. me, of who I am. Um, not intentionally, just I care. And mm -hmm. I care in a different way. Not that they don't care. We care differently. And mm -hmm. I accept how people care differently from I, but people tend not to accept how I care for whatever reasons. Um, so once mm -hmm. I decided to leave, I had nothing to lose. I lost my entire salary for three months, right? Mm -hmm. I had to figure it out. I had nothing to lose, but to be who I know I am on the inside. Was that your biggest inspiration? You know, uh, from being a school-based leader to now, oh my gosh, you're the CEO of the equity process. And that, that's just quite amazing. So I, I'm curious, is that your biggest inspiration or is there more to it? Well, I really think my family is my biggest inspiration. You know, um, I think that school-based leadership influenced me a lot, right? Okay. I know what it's like. I'll tell you this. School-based leadership has influenced me in a way is I know what it's like to say, thank God it's Friday, right? Oh, yes. You and leaving that, yeah. right? I know what it's like to be like, oh, it's Friday? I didn't even know. So once you have those two feelings and you can compare I don't think you ever want to go back to TGIF because mm -hmm. recognizing waking up and it's just another day. It's like, oh, I woke up today. What am I going to do? Right. I'm going to go out and influence the world is really different than, oh, my goodness, it's Friday. I have this. Do I have that? Do I got it? It's a, a different kind of rat race. Right. You're, you're mm -hmm. out of the rat race, as a matter of fact. And when you can have um, the ability to feel what it feels like mm -hmm. out of the rat race you no longer want to be in the rat race. So it's motivation, not influencing, but it is really a motivator to stay out of the rat race. Oh, that's beautiful. It did remind me of, you know, um, the course that I went through, I believe that was in 2020, 
with Professor Srikumar Rao. And he did challenge all of us by stating that um, as human beings, what is your, uh, your big why that every single day you get up and, you know, you're beaming with happiness that you don't really look forward to, you know, Fridays, like, oh gosh, it's TJF, which supposed to be every single day, yeah. right? When you are a leader, when you are leading schools, when you are leading a whole group of uh, humans, you're right there, presence and being with them. Right. Is that OK? Let's go back to compassion. <laughs> is, is that is that supposed to be like the byproduct of being like a compassionate leader? Like, you know, coming with this uh, um, happiness vibes every single day. I think really and truly, like even if I look back at my career, like if I Google my I, I Google myself every once in a while. And I'll find pictures of me being in as a school-based leader. I was very compassionate then. If you look, I was looking into uh, financial literacy for families and children. I was looking into community for children, for families. I used to spend my own money just to create events for children and families. So I was always giving. I was always compassionate. It just wasn't accepted. Being on my own is accepted because I don't have to answer to anyone. And the people that find me are also compassionate, but they're mm -hmm. just looking for the application to being more compassionate. They're looking for the science that affirms who they are because the world tells them they they should not be this way. Um, mm -hmm. So it's 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 not something that's new. It's just something that I've said, you know what I you know, all I ask God is to wake me up every morning. And if you get me up in the morning, I'm going to do the best that I could do. Uh, some days that's 100%, some days that's 80%, but it's going to be my best every single day. And um, so, yeah, I just think it's always been there. It's not new. Mm -hmm. It's just I don't have the boundaries and the politics and the the check, right? You know, mm -hmm. like, got to pay a mortgage, got to pay a car note, got to pay for college, got to do this. Gotta, I don't have those pressures anymore because it's mm -hmm. like, it's just me. I'm I've bet on me and uh, either I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. And if I lose, I still win because now I've learned another way to get where I need to be. Oh, my gosh, Cindy. That's absolutely beautiful. Really, really beautiful, especially um, I've seen that in the world of not just educational leadership, but even in the business world. Right. We see a lot of people who are still leading with their head yeah. and not really leading from their heart or with right. their heart, right? Yeah. So what, what can you say in terms of that? Are there any superpower abilities <laughs> that we need to talk about here so that people can align the mind, the heart, and I'm going to take your word, your soul? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I've been doing, uh, you know, people like the doctorate, blah, blah, blah. I like scholarly articles in Google because they teach me a lot. Um, okay. so in, in studying a lot recently, what I'm finding is that all you have to do is act. Right. And I actually wrote something down, um, the other day in class. So I'm going to read it with you. Sure. Uh, so whatever you believe in. So, so your job, well, I don't know if that's your job. My belief is your job in the world is really to give back. 
right? Whatever your gifts and your talents are, you need to find them because you're supposed to share them, right? But sharing them is often hard when you're in a world that doesn't accept you for you. So Mm -hmm. here's what I tell people. I say, Mm -hmm. start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And continue and, and practice. But you don't just practice once. You practice over and over and over and over. And you'll get better at it once you practice, right? Venus and Serena, you know, Tiger Woods, like Muhammad Ali, like these people train and they practice Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace, right? LeBron James, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you, if you practice, you're really going to begin to master it. So I am a practice practitioner of compassion, right? But Mm -hmm. on top of that, you begin to open uh, new neural paths in your brain that really excites you and they allow Mm -hmm. you to continue to do the work. So then your brain also changes, right? Your brain doesn't stay the same. So once your heart and your brain is connected, I know it sounds really weird, but like it really changes. And there's science behind this that just says like you you continue because those neural paths, they will allow you to be who you are, but you got to try. You just can't uh, sit there and hope. Uh, Right now I'm I'm looking at redoing a bedroom into an office and, um, it's just a conception. I'm just conceptualizing. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do the next. I'm going to do the third. But it's just a conception. Until I buy the furniture, until I place the furniture, until I create a physical office, I really don't have an office. I have a bedroom in a dream. So you really have to take that concept and put it into action. And once you put it in action, it may be uncomfortable at first, but if you keep going and going and going and going and going, your brain gets really excited. And it's like, yeah. Yes. And it really affirms your heart and your soul. And then that's it. You are who you are. Your superpower is really authenticity. Um, What I can tell you is I've recently been doing uh, a lot of workshops, right? Mm -hmm. And when I do these workshops, I give something called the VIA uh, survey. So VIA character strengths. And I'm like, consider your top five, your superpowers. And the Mm -hmm. reason I say that is because they're science. Science don't lie, right? People need science. And the science says that pretty much if you act within your top five, it doesn't matter. They could be interchangeable, does not have to be in order. But if you really focus and act on your top five of the 24 character strengths, what you will be is a more authentic person. And mm-hmm. as I look at my VIA, my top five match me to a T. In my top five, I have gratitude. I have love. I have honesty. Right. So it re- curiosity. Um, it really matches who I am as an individual. So I believe in the VIA. Um, I believe I'm a team player. That was the most mm-hmm. probably surprising part of the VIA. I'm a team player. And a team player ended up in like, I think like 20 or somewhere down there. And mm-hmm. I recognized, I was like, this is garbage. This isn't right. How does a team player end up all the way down there? And then I thought about it. I had to answer those questions very accurately and very honestly. It's what I put into the survey, right, that spits out the results. And the thing that I don't like about team player being, a, you know, a team player is I don't like dysfunctional teams. I don't mind guiding dysfunctional teams because I know how to do that very well. But I cannot stand being a participant in a dysfunctional team that just spins wheels and goes over and over and over. And once I was able to recognize that in myself, I understood why team player was so far down on my list. So um, I tell people your superpowers are there. Take the VIA and the VIA will help you recognize what they are. And there is um, a book my cousin told me about the happiness advantage by Sean. Um, I think his name is like Sean Accor, Sean Acker, um, mm-hmm. A-C-H-O-R. 
And in the happiness advantage, he is um, a, a positive psychologist out of Harvard. In okay. the happiness advantage, what he talks about is the via, and he tells you in there. Uh, I was so happy to, to hear this part. Audibles, that's what I do. I don't read too much, but I do audibles. He says right in there, operate within your top five because the science shows that your neural paths will begin to change. You will rewire your brain and you will live most closely to your authentic self. So that would be my my spiel on authenticity. Follow your heart mm -hmm. and your soul. Act. I love it. Act and then practice, practice, practice. It's like yeah. the 10,000 yeah. 10, hours by Malcolm Gladwell, right? That book. But you know what, Cindy? Um, it's about time for us to, to have a break. But yeah. I think you mentioned about the VIA strength. Yeah. And uh, I uh, the, the first time that I had the VIA strength was a few years back. I believe that was 2017 or, or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a look at, uh, you know, the top five. Now that you gave me the hint in terms of that could be our superpower and harness it. Yeah, harness it. On our, on our break, I'm going to go back to that and just take a look at what are my top five VIA strengths. And for our viewers, um, hit on the comments if you would like to uh, know that link on the VIA strength that Cindy Weeks Bradley mentioned. And if you want it, if you wanted the link, hit comment and then I'll ask Cindy and verify with Cindy the link from the VIA. All right. Okay, folks, sit with what Cindy Weeks Bradley had talked about regarding your superpower about the, you know, compassion and also about being authentic. And then when we come back, let's, uh, let's talk more in terms of, uh, you know, being a compassionate leader. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks, Cindy. I'll see you in a bit.
TNC is the live stream platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging, authentic, and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24 over 7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. All right, folks, please continue to uh, watch Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher on selected Saturdays from 1030 in the morning Eastern Standard Time to 1130 a.m. You can also watch live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at the TNC or the, at the new channel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life changing shows because we made them for you. And can you believe it, folks? This is episode 13 on Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher. I felt like we just started like a few weeks ago. And now, oh my gosh, it's actually the last episode for season one. Uh, but don't worry, you know, we've been thinking about uh, season two. I've been thinking about season two. So stay tuned in terms of when we will launch season two. All right. So we just quick of a break, you know what I did? <laughs> I looked through my previous email and uh, figure out what was the five, the top five uh, strengths that I had based from the VIA that Ms. Cindy Weeks Bradley mentioned. So I was able to find it, all right? But before I share to all of you, what are my top five VIA strengths? Um, Let's see in the comments section if we have some requests to uh, share with you that VIA strength uh, character finds that we uh, we talked about earlier. Let me see. All right, we have Sheena Lou. I'm hoping that you know I said that correctly. Uh, good morning, Miss Alpha. Hi, Sheena. Do you want that link, the VIA link? And then Sheena also said hi, Miss Cindy. That's awesome. Thank you for watching. All right, let's see if some other people will be coming in and uh, um, will be watching us. But yeah, keep your comments and uh, uh, we'll see whether you know we can share with you the VAA character strength link that we talk about. All right, okay. So why don't we bring in um, Miss Cindy Weeks Bradley again? So we can talk more in terms of uh, being a compassionate leader. Cindy? Hi, Alpha. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. You're back. Thank you again. All right, Cindy. Before um, we talk about uh, being a compassionate leader, I went through my emails. And surprisingly, my top five let's see my top five strengths include number one is love of learning mm -hmm. 
And then for one reason, number two is cut off, but number three is hope. Number four is appreciation of beauty and excellence. And number five is curiosity. That's mine. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So lean in is what, what I would say to you. Lean in. Um, when folks like email me and talk to me or, you know, identify like, hey, here are my top five and they they respond afterwards, they've actually said how much better their lives have been. So I encourage all leaders to really mm. figure out their superpowers. And it's really being authentic. But what makes you most authentic? What is your character? What are your character strengths? And really lean in. So. That makes so much sense because just in that moment that, that you mentioned, like leaning in in terms of your strengths, gosh, Cindy, I, I, I'm like a sponge for all types of learning. And sometimes I'm like, why, why do I always want to learn? Why am I so curious? And, uh, you know, I feel like it's like multi-passionate, but goodness, yeah, that's where the start of uh you know finding your true self and being a compassionate leader yeah. so let's dig more in terms of this compassion thing okay okay so uh i reflect and uh you know i used to be like a real type a leader i mean it comes with the job of being trained with regulations with loss right and with all this technical aspect of uh, being on the job with special education and being a school leader right yeah and uh, uh much like you i i do have a few light bulb moments but i feel like that compassion piece is still a mystery to mm -hmm. me so um how do we um, bring in more compassion yeah. into our leadership style? I'm not a compassion expert yet. Okay, but you know, this I know Ben, where I'm supposed to be. Uh huh. But what I will tell you is, even with leading, like and leading in schools, you're leading humans, right? So mm -hmm. there could be regulations and there could be expectations, but at the end of the day, you're leading humans. So I mean, things that are harmful. If a child has to be given medication at a certain time, you don't say, "Well, you know what? Oh, let me just forget about that. I'll give the child the medication when I feel like it." No, you give the child the medication at the particular time. But if that particular child has the medication and then goes into the class and flips a table, you don't say suspend the child because they flip a table. You understand like there's so much more going on. It's so complex. And why don't we like get to the root cause, get to the bottom of it, understand that that's a child. Right. And as children, we made mistakes. I might have not flipped the table, but I knew if I flipped the table, my mother would have flipped my behind. So I would never. But at the same time, like, I think we sometimes think about, you know, all these rules and regulations and forget that there's a human aspect, forget that we're supposed to be serving, forget that we're there for the children, forget that if parents who we mm. often ostracize did not have children, we wouldn't have a job. Like mm. these are the things that I always kept in mind as a leader. 
And these were the things that got me in trouble. These were the things that ended me up in human resources. Like, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm, listen, this is what the kid needs. This is what I'm giving the child. And I'll take whatever punishment you give me. So we have to remember that there are regulations, but there's also a humanistic aspect to it. And mm -hmm. we have to find the balance and the blend, like really between the two. It's not one or the other. It's both combined. Hmm. Yeah. So um, I feel like if there's a headline for Cindy Weeks Bradley, it would be this. Good trouble, but for humanity. What yeah. do you think about it? <laughs> I, I think that's a great headline. And the thing is, like, once I've left school-based leadership, there's no trouble. There's like zero trouble. I, I can't tell you the amount of contacts I get to speak or support or advice, you know, and to the point where I can't really take them all. So it's no longer good trouble. It was good trouble when I caused work for other people because they didn't want to do the human aspect of the job. They just wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. And I don't know what that is, so I won't judge, right? Mm -hmm. But it didn't feel as though the connection with children and the purpose for us doing the work um, is necessarily always there or weighs just as heavily as the regulations do. It's like regulations and then children. But you would not have regulations without children. And mm -hmm. that was the most frustrating piece for me in my 20 years of education. And as you can see with my bio, I've gone from early ed all the way to college. And I can tell you the same red tape influences education in a negative way. We're not putting the people who we need to put first, first. We put the regs first. I love it. So really putting the humankind in the education field is my takeaway. Yeah. All right. So what about this coaching that uh, I, I just heard? So if I were to hire you as my coach, which I think I, I need, right? I used to have a lot of coaches. So folks who are listening, yeah, I, I used to have a lot of coaches. Uh, and then I think last year, I think that's the first year that uh, I did not hire a coach. So maybe Miss Cindy Weeks Bradley will be my next coach. Take me from this level of leadership to a real compassionate, a real human being leader who's going to really put the human in the schools. I love it. So if I were to hire you, okay, if I were to hire you, Ms. Cindy Wicks Bradley, and also those leaders who are watching right now, how may that look like? So um, my coaching style does not give advice at all. So that's the difference between coaching and mentoring. As a mentor, I may give you advice. As a coach, it's all about you. So uh, at Brown, I learned this saying, it's not mine. I've just adapted it and use it uh, all the time within coaching with my clients. And I start with by saying, you are the expert in your life. You are whole, you are resourceful, and you are creative. And what that really means to me, and once my clients can really internalize it and make sense of it, is that no one should have to tell you what to do. Like, you already know who you are. You know who you are better than I would ever know. You know what you want better than I would ever know. You have more resources inside than you could ever believe. And if we can just 
you know, kill the inner critic, right? And replace the inner critic with a very strong and compassionate, like inner guide, you'll be able to tap into your own resources and be as creative as you need to be in order to fulfill your authenticity, which hopefully is your dream. So that's just what it means to me. And as my clients, they they may come away with something very, well, they all do. They all come away with something very similar. Um, many of them in the beginning, uh, well, I don't feel like the expert. Well, I don't know where the resources is. Well, I'm really not that creative. And that's mm. only if you're looking at that from a literal standpoint. But when you figuratively look at it, when you dig really deep down inside, you recognize there's no one on earth that knows you better than you. And by far as a coach, I could never know you as well as you do. So that's what we tap into. We tap into the inner you and help you become stronger as an individual. I love it. So the mantra that maybe, you know, people uh, could start telling themselves would be, you are whole or I am whole. I am whole. I am resourceful. Yes, I'm creative and I am the expert of my life. That's it. That's beautiful. So folks, let me just broadcast what Ms. Cindy Weeks Bradley had mentioned. Um, You are whole, you are resourceful, you are creative, you are the expert of your life. Yes. Say that with me, folks. And if you are uh, with us listening, um, put a yes if you agree to that. And if you are going to listen to this on replay later on, say it with us. You're whole. You're whole. You're resourceful. You're creative. And you are the expert in your own life. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We are the expert of our life. That's yes. Right. Yes, Shabnam. We are the expert of <laughs> yes. our life. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're, we're seeing some comments coming in. Yes, we are. So thank you so much for all of these comments. Uh, we're glad that, that you're able to join us and learn about being compassionate uh leaders and you know i think uh, we take that also not just from the education field but also to the entire world right cindy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i think that's the piece that we i think we miss the practicing piece to be honest like we Mm -hmm. become so entrenched in the knowledge that we miss that there's a whole world out there right Mm -hmm. and um right now we're in a very precarious world, right? We have the pandemic going on. We have war. We have sickness. We have we have a lot. We have violence. We have hatred. We have so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we need one another. And until we can really see one another as just humans, right? And not uh, Alpha from the Philippines, Cindy from Barbados. But you see Alpha and you see Cindy and you recognize Alpha from the Philippines and you recognize Cindy's from Barbados, right? And mm-hmm. but, but at the same time, you can just see them for who they are, um, whole, not just fragments of them um, and support them. I think that until we can do that, like we're just going to continue to struggle and, and suffer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what I give to schools. When we're together, we're together. Like we are together, right? Like we, you want to call it a gang. You can call it a family. I don't care what you want. You call it posse. Like I don't <laughs> care what you call it, but we are positively together and we don't let each other fall. Um, and that comes from my family. Like my mom is like really big into her family. And sometimes I'm like, 
girl, like sometimes your family get on my nerves, but she, <laughs> she doesn't care. That's her family <laughs> and they can do anything, but that's her family. She's deep into her family. So I think that's just something that's ingrained within me. So when I'm working with schools, we're like one family. And if one of us fail, there's an old African saying, like I am because you are. So mm -hmm. if one of us fails, all of us fail. So if mm -hmm. I'm leaving and you're failing, I'm failing. If I'm failing, you're failing. So we got to figure out how we can be in this thing together so we're all succeeding on behalf of other people's children. Because we want what's best for the ones that we create. But then other people's children, we allow to fall by the wayside. No, we have to see them as we see our own and do what's best for them as we would do what's best for our own. Uh, all means necessary approach. My goodness, Cindy, that was uh, pr pretty good. And <laughs> in my linear, almost like mathematical mind, um, if I were to come up with a formula in terms of this session and our last episode for season one, it will be this. It's like authenticity plus compassion plus humanity equals equitable education. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think that I think that you're on. The only thing you're missing is humility. <laughs> oh, which is my sixth VIA strength. <laughs> yes, humility. Humility, because humility is the pathway to compassion, right? So if you are not uh, humble, right, you will struggle with compassion. And just remember that compassion is balanced and is really not just kind and fuzzy, but there's also this fierce side of compassion that's necessary, right? So think about, and if you were to Google fierce compassion, you'll find um, a lot of information, uh, fierce compassion. And I believe uh, Jack Cornfield is his name that speaks highly about that tough compassion or fierce, fierce compassion. And that's my goal at Stanford to lead fiercely with compassion. That's beautiful. So in wrapping up this episode, Cindy, I'm going to plug in the humility piece. So it will be authenticity plus compassion plus humility plus humanity equals equitable education. Oh okay. I'm going to, I'm going to change it. Authenticity plus humility plus compassion plus humanity equals equitable education. So humility, the, the, the pathway to, to compassion, if we're saying it's humility, it has to come before we say compassion. I love it. Yeah. And with that, where can people find you? <laughs> I guess you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find okay. me on my website, um, theequityprocess.org. You can find me on LinkedIn, Cindy Weeks, W-E-E-K-E-S. It has three E's in it. Bradley um, on LinkedIn. So those are the places where people can find me for now. Oh, my gosh. And leaders out there, uh, either here in the United States or all over the world, yeah, who yeah. is reassessing their priorities and their leadership style. Please check out Miss Cindy Weeks Bradley and how uh, leading from a compassion perspective may be able to help you gain more um, impact to the world. Yeah. With that said, Cindy, any other last words that you can tell to our viewers for today? It's been an awesome episode. Let me tell that to you. Thank you. I would just um, love to say thank you to you and um, the crew of the show that really was able to bring us together today. Um, 
I really do thank you. And I'm, I feel grateful <laughs> that this is the last episode and that I'm here. So I didn't miss season one. And um, I always support you, as I said to you before. And to all the viewers, just try to get as close to your authentic selves as possible and understand it won't be easy. But once you get there, you'll never want to turn back. That's beautiful. That's right. So thank you, Cindy. You're welcome, Alpha. I'll see you again. And good luck to all of our school leaders out there who are seeking themselves. And please, I'll encourage you, um, linked up with Cindy Weeks because surely she's going to change your life. All right, <laughs> folks. Good night. Good morning. Bye. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Oh, 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 oh,